The following audio is from Two Pillars Church, a gospel-centered, missionally-focused church located in Lincoln, Nebraska. More information about Two Pillars Church can be found at www.twopillarschurch.com. All right. Well, hey, in my pocket, um, I have my phone, and I'm really not sure why we still call them phones. Um, It's basically a mini computer, right? Um, But my phone, it has uh, an operating system, of course. It's iOS 4000, something like that. I have no idea. It really doesn't matter. Uh, But then I got all these apps, right? And uh, I've got the weather app. um, I've got a news app. I've got the Chipotle app. And um, I, I don't use them all the time these apps. I use them when I need them. Um, I use them, not all the time again, just when I need them. Now, we're in our fourth and final week uh, on prayer, and, and most of us have a category for prayer as an app, like something that we use when we need it, um, maybe even every day. But, but today, I want to create in us or build in us, maybe, maybe cultivate in you if you already have the category of prayer as an operating system. Uh, see, the operating system on my phone, it's running all the time. Right? I mean, it's, it's running right now. And uh, it, it doesn't stop. And, and prayer can be like that too. It's one of the ways that scripture talks about prayer. In Ephesians 6, which we just heard, Ephesians six eighteen, Paul says to put on the whole armor of God, praying at all times in the spirit. In Romans 12, verse 12, the same Paul says, rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be, do you know what the word is? Constant, be constant in prayer. Or Colossians 4, verse 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. And then there's 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16, rejoice always, pray Without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances for, check this out, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is his will for you. (laughs) He wills for you to pray without ceasing. Like, are are you hearing the, the word of God speak to you this morning? Listen, this is God's will for you in Christ. Pray at all times. Be constant in prayer, steadfast in it. Pray without ceasing. Pray never stopping. See, when you read what the Bible says about prayer, prayer isn't just an app. It's an operating system too. Now, the whole point of this little four-week series that we've been doing on prayer has has been for God to to flourish you, for him to flourish us in prayer. And, And a key component of you flourishing in prayer is you growing in the permanence of prayer. Praying at all times, constantly, steadfast, unceasing, or to get my P in there for the series, permanently. And this morning, we're going to look at this. Number one, we're going to look at your need for permanent prayer, your need for it. Why does this matter? Why do you need it? Number two, we're going to look at the relation of permanent prayer to other forms of prayer. How does permanent prayer coincide with set times of prayer? You know, some of us find one or the other easier than, than, than the other. And I, I want us to see how they relate this morning. Number three, we're going to talk about the goal 
of permanence, permanent prayer? What are we really after in, in praying unceasingly? And then number four, real practical, some how-tos for permanent prayer. Okay, so your, your need for permanent prayer, the relation of permanent prayer to other forms of prayer, the goal of permanent prayer, and some how-tos. Let's talk need first. I think if you're honest with yourself, uh, you sense a need for permanent prayer already, whether you realize it or not. I mean, think about your life for a little bit. You know, uh, Think about how you pant. <laughs> think about how you pant through endless series of activities throughout your week. Think about your, your scattered mind, all right, your, your noisy heart. Aren't there times or days or whole days, maybe even entire weeks, where you feel hurried, where, where you feel strained, like you can barely catch your breath? Your mind is like a, a roller coaster and a thunderstorm of thoughts all at the same time without hardly any rhyme or reason to it. And maybe you find it hard to focus on a, on a single thing or a single task for very long. Everything interrupts your concentration. And then you keep getting more and more and more and more of those silly little notifications on your phone. Right? Listen, we are a distracted people. Distracted. The natural state of life tosses us around way more than we'd like to admit. And listen, if, if that doesn't describe your life, perhaps this does. And you've got all kinds of time alone. Um, you feel not, not crazy busy. You feel crazy bored. Life for you is, it's a little too quiet. And you might describe it as lonely, isolating. And the busyness and noise for you is it's more, on, it's more on the inside, right? You've got too much time alone with your thoughts, and that's a dangerous place for you to live. Focusing on a single thing, that's no problem for you. You replace scenarios and conversations in your head over and over and over. You worry, you're anxious, you obsess. And the result is that you go through your life just as distracted, just as anxious and frazzled as the other guy, maybe even more. Listen, permanent prayer has a way of speaking peace into this chaos. As we pray in this way with increased constancy, we begin to experience peace. We begin to experience stillness, contentment, serenity and joy even settled our with our priorities settled and having a, a healthy perspective about our life and everything that's going on around us. And we all, we all need that. In, in Ephesians six, you know, if you open up there, Ephesians six, that passage that was just read, Paul, he, what Paul is talking about there is the full armor of God. That's, that's the context of Ephesians six, right? Now, why do we need armor? Well, why does, why does anyone put on armor? Well, for protection in the battle. Like that's what the shield of faith is for. Verse 16, Paul says it's to extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Verse 17, he says, put on the, the helmet of salvation. Why, why does anyone ever wear a helmet for protection? See, Paul is saying that there is a battle going on and it's not just all around us, we're in it. You and I are in the battle. 
Verse 12, in fact, he says, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. It's not this, it's not this battle that we can always see. We don't, our wrestling isn't against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of the evil one in the heavenly places. Therefore, he says in verse 13, put on the armor. <laughs> and he ends that passage by saying in verse 18, are you looking at it? He ends the passage by saying, pray at all times in the spirit. In other words, Paul is saying, you're never, you're never not in the battle. You're never not in it. The battle is, is always going on. You need this armor. You need to be praying all the time in the spirit because you're never not in the battle. In this way, permanent prayer, we could say, is like playing defense. We're in the battle, praying in the armor of God. It's, it's protectionary, like defense. But listen, permanent prayer isn't just about defense. It's, it's not just for defense, it's for offense too. Turn over to John 15 in your Bibles, um, if you would. One of my favorite passages in, in the scriptures, John 15. And in John 15, verse 4, John 15, verse 4, what does Jesus say here? He says, abide in me, and I in you. In fact, in verse 5, he says, I am the vine, and you are the branches. Abide in me. We love that imagery, don't we? This imagery of abiding in Jesus, resting in Jesus, delighting in Jesus. But, but press that imagery a little bit more. Jesus says here to the disciples, Abide in me as the branch abides in the vine. When does the branch abide in the vine? All the time, doesn't it? Like every moment of every day. And Jesus says in John 15, 5, if you live your life like that, <laughs> you will bear all kinds of fruit in your life. You need permanent prayer in your life, not just for defense, but for offense too. You need it for flourishing. And listen, Jesus invites you into this, okay? If you're a Christian, if you're here this morning, you're a Christian, Jesus invites you into this way of living. He invites you into this life of flourishing. He's made the way for you. By dying on the cross for you, you, my friend, have been reconciled to God by the blood of Jesus. And with that comes an all-access pass to carry around your neck, not in your pocket, not in your wallet, but to carry it around your neck, pulling it, pulling it out at all times. You've got all access, all the access you need, you're in. <laughs> if you're here and you're not yet a Christian... Listen to me, Jesus wants to invite you into this way of living too, into this way of flourishing. All that is needed is for you to, to trust in him, to trust the work that he's already done on the cross for you, to trust that, that he has, what he has done will reconcile you, forgive you, welcome you. Yes, even you. Jesus invites us in. And so we need continuous prayer, permanent prayer in our life because you and I, we need this moment-by-moment -moment grace in our life to steady the ship, to quell the chaos, to quiet the anxiety. Now, 
this, this doesn't negate the need for fixed times of prayer in your life. Okay, the Bible talks about those too. We've, we've touched on those already in this series. You know, Jesus himself, he got up specifically and went out early in the morning to pray. Remember that? He had a fixed time. Three times a day, we see Daniel getting down on his knees and, and praying to God. David talks in the Psalms about praying in the morning and, and noontime and, and evening, right? In fact, the Bible often speaks um, of the immense benefit of regular scheduled times of prayer. The way we said it a couple of weeks ago was that we only learn to pray all of the time everywhere, praying without ceasing, right? By learning first to pray some of the time somewhere. But what I want you to see today is, is how these two go together, how they relate. And how they relate is by enhancing and guarding one another. There's a, a pastor and author named Joe Rigney, and he's, he's written a book called The Things of Earth. And he has a chapter called Rhythms of Godwardness, where he gets at this. And he writes of direct godwardness, okay, that we might call set times of prayer. Think morning devotions or noontime prayers or, or praying the prayer of examine at the end of your day like we've talked about. And then he also writes about indirect godwardness, Practicing the presence of God and communion with God everywhere in our life all the time. Both are needed. Times of direct Godwardness and indirect Godwardness, both are needed. They enhance and guard each other. And think about it. If all you have, if all you have in your spiritual walk are direct times of Godwardness, just, just morning devotional time, isn't there a tendency? I've experienced this myself. Isn't there a tendency to sort of compartmentalize your Christianity? To pray to God in the morning and then maybe kind of forget about him the rest of the day? Times of indirect godwardness, praying without ceasing, guards us from that. God isn't to be quarantined to 15 minutes of your day. We're to enjoy him and depend on him all throughout our days. And yet... Those direct times of Godwardness, they also enhance our direct, in our direct Godwardness. They fuel it. They inform it. Like as you spend time in God's word in the morning or at lunch or, or whatever, right? Hearing God's word, praying God's word, you then take that with you into your day. Anchored in the gospel rooted in the love of God with your heart and mind tuned to his presence, strengthened, encouraged, equipped, not in some vague and, and general spiritual sense, but by the very word of God. You've recalibrated your soul for the day, enabling you to be more in tune with what Jesus is doing all around you in the world all throughout the day. So that, for example, as you interact with someone, perhaps... Perhaps the Spirit will bring to mind one of those passages that you read in that set time of prayer. And you'll begin to pray that passage over the person that you're interacting with throughout your day. Now, conversely, our times of direct Godwardness, they also guard us. They guard us from fiddling around with prayer, never going deep with God in prayer. Let's use the phone metaphor as, as an example, right? It, it guards us, our direct times of Godwardness guard us from having the app open and just mindlessly scrolling to press the metaphor. It guards our prayer life from being a mile wide and an inch deep. 
It's hard, for example, to pray prayers of lament like Adam so helpfully taught us last week, especially if you've never done that before. That kind of prayer is going to take some set-aside time. Going deep with God in prayer like that, it isn't something that you just do on the fly. But also, our times of indirect Godwardness, praying throughout the day, steadfastly, without ceasing, serve to enhance our times of direct Godwardness. By bringing real life into those times of direct Godwardness. It guards us from our spiritual disciplines being relegated to simply a head exercise. We bring real needs to him, seeking to, to bring the word of God to bear on real situations with real people, real things that we're actually dealing with in our real life. It guards us from hypothetical Christianity, theoretical Christianity, Instead of an actual Christianity with real people in real time, in real space, with real problems in the real world. They relate, see? You need them both. As Rigney puts it in his book, direct and indirect Godwardness haunt one another so that the experience of each illuminates the other. In other words, prayer is the app and the operating system, and you need them both. You know, an operating system without any apps is kind of pointless, isn't it? An app without any operating system, that's not going to work very well either. They need each other. You need them both. Why? (laughs) I mean, what's the goal of all this? Well, listen, go back to the first week. Do you remember what we said the purpose of prayer is? What's the, the purpose of prayer to begin with? The purpose of prayer is communion with God. That's what we're after. Communion, fellowship, enjoying his presence, abiding in him, living with him. And and not just as roommates who check in with each other most days of the week, but ongoing communion. Communion at all times. Constant communion with God. Steadfast communion with him. Communion without ceasing. The goal of permanence of prayer, the goal of the permanence of prayer is the permanence of communion with God. And Paul says in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Friends, this is a very large part of what Christ accomplished for us. Perpetual fellowship with the Father unceasing access to the throne room of Jesus. Ongoing friendship with the Holy Spirit. Like when Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. He meant it. I will never leave you. Never forsake. When when he said, behold, I am with you always till the end of the age. He wasn't over promising and under delivering. Where shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? David asks in Psalm 139. The answer is nowhere. God is always with you. He is always present. We we even have a theological term for it. He is omnipresent. And what that means, 
is that his presence isn't something that you have to obtain. It's something that you simply need to acknowledge. Fellowship with him, communion with him, isn't something that you drum up or accomplish. It's something more for you as a believer to merely realize it's already yours. Like Jesus is with you everywhere you go. He's not far off. He's near. Everywhere you step is holy ground. Take off your shoes and commune with him. And as you do, here's what you've got with you. Here's who you've got with you. The wonderful counselor. Mighty God. Everlasting Father. Prince of Peace. And friends, when you realize that, when you live in the reality of that, you'll flourish. You'll flourish. Well, you say, that all sounds great. How do we do it? Well, let me just get real practical here. Number one, establish in your life set times, fixed times of prayer. That's the first step. Get the fixed times down. This is the direct godliness we're talking about a minute ago, right? Remember, you, you only learn to pray all the time everywhere by learning to pray first some of the time somewhere. And so set for yourself some fixed times. And listen, if you struggle with that, try this. <laughs> 15 minutes in the morning, five minutes around noon, 15 minutes at the end of your day. Right? Morning, noon, night. Coming before the Lord intentionally with discipline reading his word, praying his word, bringing anything and everything before him. Inviting him to, to sort all of that out and even more to sort you out. Maybe that includes the prayer of examine like we've talked about or prayers of lament. It can be as simple as you opening up the Psalms and just using the, the specific words of the Psalms as springboards into praying whatever comes to your mind, whoever comes to your mind reading a passage of scripture and sitting in it, meditating on it, asking, Lord, what does this say about you? Lord, what does this say about me? What does it say about who you are, who I am? What I'm to do in the world, how I'm to live in your world. Fixed times. And then number two, begin praying at the transitions of your day. The transitions of your day. For example, Every time you leave the house and you head to work or as you leave work and are heading home, any time that you're finishing one thing and beginning the next, pray. Give thanks to God. Thank him for his presence with you in the prior portion of your day. Confess anything that needs to be laid before him, sins, weaknesses, acknowledge your limitations and lay it to rest and move then into the next part of your day, asking him to provide by his spirit everything that you need for what's next. Pray the transitions. It takes intentionality, of course, but listen, we've got to stop filling every second of our days with noise and content and podcasts and stimulation and slow down and listen to the Lord. Listen to him directly. 
So number one, set fixed times in your life. Number two, pray your transitions. And then number three, one step further, consider some triggers. Some triggers. Like every time you wash your hands, pray. Every time you take that first sip of coffee, pray. Each time you begin an interaction with someone, your kids, your husband, pray. Each time you encounter something that he's created, every time you step outside or into a meeting, use that as a trigger, as an opportunity for prayer. When you're waiting, every time you're tempted to pull that phone out and scroll, instead, use that as a trigger for prayer. I hope you're starting to get the idea, right? The aim here is increasing your unceasing. Growing in constancy, growing in steadfastness, praying all the time, like Paul says in Ephesians 6, offense and defense, more continuous, more unceasing, more permanent. And as you pray those fixed times, as you pray those transitions, as you pray with those triggers, you start to fill in the gaps in between them all too. Unceasing unceasing, enjoying him all the time, everywhere, delighting in him, abiding in him, like a branch and a vine, communing with him constantly, while you work, while you play, while you fold the laundry or cut the grass. One spiritual writer describes it this way, saying, there, there is a way of ordering our mental life on more than one level at once. On one level, we may be thinking, discussing, seeing, calculating, meeting all the demands of external affairs, but deep within, behind the scenes, at a profounder level, we may also be in prayer and adoration, song and worship, and a gentle receptiveness to divine breathings. <laughs> Listen, as you try this, I want to encourage you to try this, but as you try this, you're going to fail. <laughs> you just, you are. As I, do, as I do this, as I try, I fail, right? But listen, the, the objective isn't perfection, it's pursuit. Maybe you've heard of Brother Lawrence. Brother Lawrence is a 17th century monk who, who actually wrote the book on this. Right, it's a Christian classic, but maybe you, maybe you just know the title. The title of this book, the book that he wrote on this, was The Practice of the Presence of God. The Practice. Lawrence himself said it took 10 years before he was any good at it, and he lived in a monastery. <laughs> and church, I exhort you today to give yourself to the practice of the presence of God practicing the permanence of prayer. It is a key component of you flourishing in prayer, which we now know is really about you flourishing in a life lived in unceasing communion with God. Let's pray. Father, we come to you like this this morning and we sit under your teaching like this this morning because we want more, more of you, more communion with you, more of your presence. And we are reminded now 
that the more that we desire is already ours in Christ. Help us. Help us turn to you more. Come to you more. Acknowledge your already presence with us more. That we would enjoy you more. Be led by you more. Glorify you more, Jesus. And so, Spirit of God, we pray that you would flourish us in prayer. And we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to this audio from Two Pillars Church. Feel free to share this audio with others, but please do not alter or edit the content in any way. For more information about Two Pillars Church, please visit www.twopillarschurch.com.